Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Uh, we have some. Uh, we have a great episode today. Natasha, how are you? You look amazing. Oh, thank you. You I'm... look like you're solving a crime, but in <laughs> Paris. That's actually a very similar to what I was going for. You look good. Thank you, honey. Um, can I just say, I'm glad to have some people to help uh, give, give you perspective. Well, you on... don't know what perspective they're going to give. <laughs> she's assuming you guys are going to back her up. All right, listen. Before we uh, get started, this is a first for us as a podcast. We are having another couple on that also hosts a couple-themed relationship. It's mm. called Couples Therapy. Yes. Yes. That's Naomi Ekparagan and Andy Beckerman. L- ladies and gentlemen, uh, there they are. Hi, oh, hello. my goodness. Yes. I mean... Thank you for having us to your lovely home. Thank you for joining us. And we... I mean, we could come on your podcast, but then again, you could just release this one and not have to do the work. <laughs> Wait, I thought we episode. were doing that. Wait, can yeah, we do it then? Yeah. Crossover uh, can we do our intro now? Absolutely. 100%. We'd love that. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I'm Naomi. We're a real life couple. A real life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners. Our guest today. <laughs> Okay, oh. let me tell you. Our guest today, let me tell you about them. Wait, okay? why are you guys so much better at this than us? <laughs> I don't like this at all. <laughs> okay, no, okay. Moshe, you went to Burning Man, and let me tell you why. Yes, I think- we have to hear about Burning Man. Let's let's hear all the deets. Whatever this the deets is. and treats. This is the opposite of a microaggression. This is a macroaggression, what you're doing right now. <laughs> well, that's what I do. I like to put people on their heels. Alphaing us on our own podcast uh-huh. in our home. <laughs> I'm just grateful you guys are outside because there's a small power dynamic <laughs> differential. That feels really good. But the reason why I was surprised by you, okay, first of all, let me tell you what I think of both of you. You both are people to me who don't suffer fools. And then also, I do think that you're both two Caucasians who have taken lovers of color in your past. <laughs> That's something I thought about, about both of you. So, can I ask you, do you analyze white people? based on that rubric often? I do think about it often. Interesting. And I can get, and I do get it, like, when I meet somebody, and of course, whether I'm right or wrong, as much as, like, do you give me that vibe? Right. That's a good sign. Wait, I get the first one. I get the, like, the that you don't suffer fools, because um, although you're very friendly and very nice, uh, automatically I've projected my insecurities mm. upon you. Okay, but well, that's and, true. And oh, I'm, do you think I was trying to draw them out of you psychically, sort of? No, it's just my own my own messed up psyche. What about, who do you feel more insecure around, me or Natasha? I think it's for you as Moshe. I think both. Interesting, I say both. it's an equal. Yeah, it's an equal, although I saw, like, Natasha was one of my first stand-up shows that I saw in New York. Whoa. When oh, you were, okay. So I hate when a, people say this, they're like, when I was in college. <laughs> No, 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 no. When I was in high school. I was way, I was already, I had been a philosophy professor already (laughs) and then moved to New York to do comedy. Naomi, have you had that yet? You might not have, but you're gonna. Where they go, I grew up listening to your comedy. Oh, and God. Just like, I'm not ready. Naomi, you are so funny. Every time I see you perform, you're just like, Oh, so funny. You. You're so ready much. for that, but you're not ready That's- for a 30-year-old to say, I grew up listening <laughs> right. to you. And you're like, no. Well, well but N- I- Natasha, you, like me, also understand the imper- importance of having your purse on stage. Oh, oh you're I- a purse stager. <laughs> Interesting. I- I've seen other people doing it, and I'm like, I do think that it's like a, either a natural thing or not. But yes. like, well, first of all, there's no green rooms for us. Thank so you. where are we going to put it? Exactly. Mm. 
And also, purses are cute, you know? <laughs> Natasha does a thing where she'll force an audience member to hold her purse and not touch it. Oh. It, it's like, it'll be... A, it'll be <laughs> well, I don't want to be getting, like, nacho grease on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, Naomi, what is it about them where you think... So I get the first part, but what is it about them that you think they've also each taken a lover of color? Well, you know, Moshe's down for the culture. You sure. know what I mean? Thank you. That's his whole like Bay Area energy. I appreciate sure. that. But then Natasha, you know, because Natasha initially, because she will play a high status character on stage. But then you find out IRL, she was she was out here in these streets struggling. She was you know struggling in these streets. And yeah. I think if you when you come if you Caucasian, but you've come from the streets of struggle, you come across more non-white people. You kind of have a little more, maybe more class solidarity and less race solidarity, and you might be a little more open in your heart. I can't tell you how just gleeful this this analysis no, of me and Natasha makes me here's feel. What's like, bad there's about nothing it. I want more from a woman of color than that specific validation. No, so thank you. Here's what's bad about it. What about our child? Oh yes, knobby ass comedy. <laughs> cream off the top of the fucking vat. Well, this is like family ties. You're raising an Alex P. Keaton. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, we're going to work on her, though. We go work on her. By the Don't way, worry. Family Ties, if they made the reboot now, it would be so funny because Alex P. Keaton wouldn't be like a guy who's interested in Wall Street. He would be like a Nazi. Like right. an actual... Right. No, he would be a Bay Area... No, what do they call No, he'd be a, he'd be a QAnon guy. Yeah, like, there's yeah, no... Yeah, like, sure. oh, he he Alex P. Keaton is a rhino. Yeah, 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 yeah. He would have a Buffalo yeah. hat. Yeah, Real sure. Alex yeah. P. Keaton is a rhino. He's like a... He's a Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, Rhino. Nobody wants him. <laughs> yeah. He would be the most hardcore. In, in te- they couldn't talk. They would disown. They would right. Disown He'd have him. a YouTube right. channel that would be very popular. <laughs> and the parents would just be like Mitt Romney type. Oh, the parents would be Republicans too. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear what Naomi had to say about Burning Man, though. Okay, yeah. Well, because she had I, some questions. Because you don't suffer fools. You know what? I think of Burning Man as the height of white nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think, and even though I know now it's more multiculti. But that's just what I think of because you are choosing to be out in this heat, <laughs> in this filth. I There's dust you- storms. It's hilarious. Can, that's, what, that's what I saw. It's like I a sandstorm just like all of a sudden overcomes everything. I can take you through the um, the arc of how I became a, the type of person that would go to Burning Man. And it doesn't uh, belie my unbelievable grit and authenticity and uh, of the streetsness. Uh-huh. It's actually a product of it. So okay. growing up, we'll, we'll start Oh wait, with, you're going to do it? Yeah, it'll be quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be quick. It'll be quick. Growing up, uh, I, we were, we were very poor and the way that my mom uh, would, she would take us camping. That was the only thing she could afford to take us to do. So I grew up camping. I'm mm-hmm. used to that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm used to that. Uh, the other thing is that I got very into raves when I was very young. Oh, and, okay. Uh-huh. And Burning Man combines the two. Exactly. So okay. I was a big, fat, huge raver. Andy, you would hate it. It's like only techno music. I mean, there I would some- hate all. I, I don't like being outside. I A Jew that camps does not... It does not sit well with my brain. Right, it's no, a different it's, lifestyle. Right? I don't it's understand a it. A Jew that camps, but originally all the Jews camped. That's our origin story. We oh, were camping shit. in the desert. We were oh, I thought to- you were oh. talking about 1942. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Me too. I was like, that got dark very quickly. <laughs> no, I went through the, a much more inspirational story. But yeah, you're right. We also had some experience in, in outdoor festivals back then as well. <laughs> so for you, it's, ra- it's the rave and dancing. It started with the rave 
thing. My first year I went was in 96. So I've been going for a very oh long my time. God, I was yeah. 16 years old the first time wow. I went. And I just heard there was a rave in the desert and that was good enough for me. Packed in <laughs> and drove out into the middle of nowhere and it was the most like mind-boggling experience I've ever had in my life. And it kind of tickled something in me that I have, even now, It's this was my 22nd one that I, I've wow. been to. Which Natasha. I was at... <laughs> I- I've I've been to three. The last one I was pregnant, and I said what? never again. You t- what? She love him. <laughs> three, three. That's this a is lot. a woman. Would who you even come giving- to like a pavement show with me? I did not this week. <laughs> you, you went to a me? pavement show this week? Yeah, on Thursday. <laughs> they did three nights at the Orpheum. I like pavement. And he and this is he's a big pave. I know pavement is one his ride or die. One his ride or die. And even too, somebody um like you were supposed to go with Andrew and then he couldn't go, right? So you had that extra ticket. I did not offer myself. Have you been to one? No. I no, <laughs> you saw Ben Gibbard. You went and saw is you that saw pavement? No, but you saw you've seen an indie rock show with me. Oh, but not at the together you missed. Because I, I went I've been to her ride or die. I've been to more Morrissey concerts than I ever okay. I ever should really? have. Here's the thing though. A concert does not compare to a 10-day camping trip that, that takes him two yeah. weeks to prepare for, yeah. that like uh, he wants to bring our kid to, Like then I'm going to have to start going. Now, hold like, on a second. Th- listen, th- it's a, it is not, I'm not saying it's for everybody. It's not. Yeah, yeah. I'm convinced both he of you He is would. saying it's for children, though. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. The reason I said, bef- bef- I think it was before we started recording, that I thought it was very like flashy. Uh, fleshy, fleshy, or fla- fleshy, fleshy, and flamethrowers. But like, because I remember doing an improv show. Uh, like, oh no! Is this <laughs> no, where someone did someone like did a monologue and they talked about going to Burning Man and there being a fingering tent. Mm. Oh god! No, but that's I'm sure real. I'm there's sure an there's orgy a fingering tent. tent. Yeah, there's an orgy dome. And- fingering feels like very aggressive though. Like for Wait, that to in be life. A, well, for that to be a. A, a whole main tent. attraction. <laughs> a tent's worth. A tent's worth of fingering. I mean, yeah, there could be a fingering nook in a, bro- in a bigger, in a broader tent, but exactly. Well, it's a big tent uh, situation, you know. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the big tent, I do think that you are right that it is ultimate white people shit, but it is simultaneously increasingly becoming. Uh, I wouldn't say it's even close to the zone of multicultural. Okay, but you can tell that there that people are coming in from communities that haven't historically been represented there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that Burning Man as an organization is like doing a lot of work around that. I never really, really respect that because it always feels like imposing, you you know you want to be here, so let's open up the door to you. It's like yeah. if people don't want to go. But I have noticed that the demographics are ever so slightly shifting, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting. But wait, what's the... F- okay, but... <laughs> And Natasha, I say this so because, befuddled. like, because also she was like, Natasha went three times, and Natasha is serving us a look on a Sunday evening at home. Okay, right. She has no need to give us. If you came to my house on a Sunday night, I would be in a pajama. And you said, "Let's cape it up." And so, <laughs> as somebody who will cape it up on a Sunday night at home, I can't, you know, can't imagine the experience of going to this space where you know it is so dusty. I'm assuming it's a porta potty situation. They're called portos, Naomi. It, it is it is a porta That's a bakery, and that's as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. And then also, um, is the shower also kind of porta pot? Do you know, I mean, there must be a place to wash. I hate must to, be. <laughs> I hate to tell you, not only mustn't there be, there is not a place to wash. You have to bring your own place to wash. Bring your own wash. B y o w. So oh, wow, he has an RV. But yeah. Oh, well, you you would bring if you went. You won't. But if you did, yeah, right. you would bring you would bring an RV and you would wash in your own you would wash yourself. Okay, and I can you you can plug in your RV somewhere. There's plugs. 
I hate to tell you, but no, there's not. <laughs> Hold on. You can pay more for plugs. You can no, go you to can't. a plugging. No. You can no. go to a plugging cl- camp or plug and play or whatever. Oh, is that a fingering tent? Yeah, the, <laughs> fingering tent. Uh, I guess you could. Yeah, you could pay enough to get power to your RV. That okay. is true. That is true. Oh, yeah. what, is, what is Burning Man's connection to? Like, isn't there a connection to like the tech psychos? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have some thoughts about that. I, I mean, like calling him the tech psychos. <laughs> no, I, I have some thoughts about this. Um, a lot of there's a lot of hay made about how tech has come into Burning Man and is ruining it. But actually, I think it's a more intriguing point than that, which is that tech has always been in at Burning Man. Mm. Tech used to be cool, and tech has ruined itself, mm. and it's just still there. So the tech man has become the the uh, the, the Antichrist. But tech the, men are also bros now, and they're bros now. But know. they right, used right, to right. be, you know, Angelina Jolie, lip ring hackers, cool. <laughs> Angelina hackers. Jolie, that's your description. You no, never I saw the, the movie, movie hackers, hackers with Johnny oh. Lee Miller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You ne- it, tech used to be a counterculture, and then it right. took over the world, and it became like a capitalist bro culture. And those people still go, and so it's actually more interesting than them ruining Burning Man, but rather they've ruined the world, and they're just still at Burning Man. So that's. that's <laughs> So Burning Man is a microcosm of the, of the globe. It's certainly a microcosm of the Bay Area. And and those people were there then and they now are billionaires and they suck and have ruined everything. But they've ruined everything in San Francisco too. Oh, so should I answer your question? Yes. <laughs> what was the question? Well, she's saying how could you how could do you something go? that horrifying? Yeah, how do you kind of do it? Are you just associating? Have you found I something you like about right. it? You know what I mean? Like how, Especially I can imagine being pregnant. And be, again, because it's like not physically comfortable per se. You're there for right. an experience. Isn't like a uncomfortable being pregnant just in your own house don't you guys remember when you were like just met each other and you would like you know do, do stuff for each other <laughs> do stuff <laughs> that is like way out of your comfort zone i don't know i'm a very tolerant person and yeah. i feel like yeah you're I'm, classically a very tolerant person <laughs> well with with you know boyfriends yes, i'm like yes. i i often find i'm like you know i'm like wow that is maybe therapists have told me okay. <laughs> But I'm just saying I'm, you know, I went and I tried it and I, the, the last time was like, I was like, oh, I really don't want to do this. And also I got dressed tonight because I've been with my child for four days and I was really not feeling human. Uh-huh. And so I was like, I made him put her down and I was like, I just need to like make myself feel like how I remember myself. <laughs> A Godard ingenue. Yeah, yes. well, I was, I was like, I, sometimes, you know, you start to really lose sight of yourself. Um, I don't know if you guys want to have kids, uh, but... Yeah, oh, you don't? No, no. Uh-uh. I was just thinking that about you because I was like, I bet you there's some people, it's just like they can just skip it and they can just like focus on, you know, art and being we, creative. We'd and- like you to. <laughs> that's kind of what this no, is about. No, because you become tonight. completely overrun like with this thing that's like so insanely lovable that like really like an, is has like a lot of annoying things that slow up your life. Yes. Are we talking about childhood or are we talking about <laughs> okay. Burning Man? Okay, because sorry, that, that's an exact accurate description of Burning Man as well. For all of its warts, for all of its lameness and dorkiness and obvious things that would make you not want to go, it is without a question every year, even now, even 22 years later, even as lame as it's become, the most awe-inspiring and overwhelming, uh, fun-packed, extreme, wild um, party experience that I have all year long. So I still love it. I still get totally... And Moshe gets energy from a party like that. I don't. You know what I mean? Yes, and I get that. What's my Burning Man? And I think like seeing his passion for it, and I honestly was trying to understand it because I have a lot of friends in my life and a lot of people I really respect who love this festival. 
all men somehow, but I don't it's know all if men. it's like a man <laughs> thing. All, no, it is a man. Burning Man is all men. And no, that is but what's, I don't know. It's so like, interesting ooh. that we like it so much, but we just go there and we bond as men. Anyway, and really I wanted like to really it. give I think it. Maybe you should come. <laughs> or, you know, just like. It I, I genuinely it sounds like a living hell to me. It should be in like a Sartre play or something. You're, You're really, really quoting the heavy hitters today. <laughs> yeah. You're really giving us Godard, Sartre. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think he wrote the one about like other people are hell. Oh, one. but I wouldn't hell know. Hell is but, other people. But for me, it's, it's funny because you say lameness. I don't think lameness as much as because, you know, and I think it just has to do with the fact that I'm a city kid. Like, So for me, this but, idea so of being outside. Yeah, but even the Bay is still like pretty. You're saying it's not New York. <laughs> well, yeah, naturally. But yeah. also, like, because even growing up in the city, like, you could still like go hike and like not go very far and see very tall trees, right? You know what I mean? Like, there was a sense of like right. nature exists and it's pretty, and I did not really have that. And so, to me, and I've camped before. I've what gone do you think to of camp. It? I was a counselor at a camp for deaf children in the middle of nowhere, Wait Maryland. A minute, wait a minute. You were a de- counsel- counselor for deaf children. Do you yes. do sign language? Yes, you know honey. Language? You're nice. An actor with the National Theater of the Deaf. You were not. Do you yes. know my deaf connection? Yes, I do. I didn't. Have we never talked? Have we, have we talked about I this? I tried to talk about it, and you were like, I don't want to get into this no, right now. We are in a true. green room. <laughs> Why is your actor? person here? Get it on stage. <laughs> before you, like, is it the first time you ever met you before you yes. even introduced yeah, yourself? Like, or like, crazy. Yeah, I like, knew, and I was like, man. He was I would have totally had that conversation you did you sign yes yes so so like i learned i like first kind of taught myself not asl but like signs from books and i was into it and then when i got to college i took classes and then my first job out of college because the national theater of the deaf is like 30 minutes away from where i went to school Mm -hmm. so i was like looking for a job out of college and like you know and they were like well we don't necessarily we would love an actor who signs and i was like that's me Crazy. <laughs> so that was my first That's job. Amazing. I knew this. Yeah. There, I've had so many roles that I uh, would have just handed you <laughs> on a silver platter that, that just, it doesn't matter. But now, because they've gone and they just didn't. It oh, didn't. No. no, I'm joking. I had I nothing know, for I you. What, <laughs> the were you at the, Mas- the Maryland Secondary School for the Deaf? Is that? No, no, no. So I, so. Um, American School for the Deaf in Hartford, Connecticut. Wow. My college was in Middletown, Connecticut. And so you they went were to like, perform- yes. And so they came around, and then I was like, and I've been taking ASL, and I had worked as a counselor. Why'd you treat it like it was Harvard? You didn't want to say the name. Well, because I don't know. Who <laughs> it knows is, the isn't name it a Wesleyan? mini thing? Because like Middletown, like Connecticut. My, my brother, like- my brother was a Wesleyan man. Well, see, there, there you, go. you go. Wait, your brother went to the same college that she did. Mm, indeed. I didn't know well what an Ivy yeah. League school was till I was like twenty nine. Well, it's not like an Ivy I'm- League. Or like I just didn't understand. It's a under- mini Ivy League. Okay, <laughs> it's out there. I just it's don't in the know about echelons. Okay. But I feel like it's such a name. Well, first of all, they're like what a hundred Wesleyans. There's like Ohio Wesley, Wesley. People think it's Wellesley. Like so, to me, the name isn't like a name. Is when I go, oh, it's in Connecticut. But I guess if I say in Connecticut, you think I mean Yale? Is that no. the problem? <laughs> you treat you I treat Wesleyan. You always just say the city it's from. But everyone knows Wesleyan. Interesting. It's only mean? in your head that you Andy, think no one knows. Andy, Wesleyan. where'd you go to school? I went to Pitt for undergrad and Temple for grad school. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry, See, Naomi. Exactly. Na- Naomi, state, let's get back to you. State uh, schools. <laughs> exactly. Naomi, exactly. I met a girl once, and when I met her, um, she came up to me and she said, Basser. No, no, no. I swear to God, it was at no. my friend's like party for her college. Did you punch her? <laughs> I, had just, I, I honestly was confused. Right, right. You're like, what are you You saying? should have so said like, Illinois State. <laughs> God, ew. All right, so we've done Burning Man. Yes. I'm back from Burning Man. And listen, it's here's the real thing. It's the last party on the block for me. My whole 
teens and 20s i was at raves every multiple nights a week clubs and raves multiple nights a week it was i was a party kid that's how i got recharged that's how i refilled my sort of social uh, light bulb or whatever mm-hmm. and it's the last thing i do like that all i, I do comedy and then and i stay home i'm not like out in and so once it's a year such a, it's such a wide it's it's uh, such a zero to 60 right because i'm yeah. saying like the comedy or at home or I am in the depths of the desert for ten full days. But it's like I dress like RoboCop. I do dress as RoboCop. You heard about that? That's so cool. I dress from. I do all of the um, of the films of. Uh, God damn it! What's his name? Oh man, you. I, I fucking biffed it. Who is the guy? Who is the guy? We just saw no. RoboCop. I know his fucking. Know. He's the best. He did RoboCop. He did Verhoeven? Black Book. No. He, yes, Verhoeven. Uh-huh. He did Starship Troopers. Yes, yes, he, he's yes. He's the best. Verhoeven. Anyway, yeah. Verhoeven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. He's, he's so the best. You didn't know his name. I love. No, I do love Paul Vero. He did uh, L. He did your 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 favorite oh, French film L. Yeah. Do you see that? Okay, you have a favorite French film. See, well, that's why you're fancy to me. <laughs> that's why I think you're fancy, Natasha. We don't have to- a favorite French film. No. We've gone through all the greats. We did Sartre. We did <laughs> Truffaut, <laughs> and then and, and Verhoeven. It all happened. Uh, um, so you, I, I want to hear more of their advice for oh, couples, but yeah. maybe we should take a call. No, before we do that, come, I want to know that we've talked only exclusively about us. They fucking alpha dog us <laughs> in our own podcast. <laughs> we would like to know, often we ask couples uh, a question about what is your, you know, they say every couple has like three fights. What is your three fights or what is your most I thought common? it was one. Every couple has one. <laughs> it's like three. the same one. But, but what is it? What's your one, oh. one? What's your what's your most common conflict point? I would love to hear your, your answer first. My ass- Assumption. Well, we don't really have it much anymore because we worked out in therapy. But money. That was that, that, that was that's ours too. We've had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Who's the, who's the Jack Spratt and who's his wife? Jack Spratt is the penny penny pincher, and Jack Spratt's wife. She's she, it's she different. It's different than that. What it's do you that, fight about? Uh, it's that I. In grad school, I got used to just living like close to the bone. Like yeah. I had no brokey, money. Brokey, mm-hmm. totally broke. Uh, constantly calling the the bank to try to take off an overdraft fee. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, no prime oh. example. This man sold a guitar to make rent one one month. Okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah my I jazz mean, my master. God. I what my indie jazz movie master. is that? You know what I mean. <laughs> I got a jazz master just like Stephen Malkmus from Davis. <laughs> For a birthday once, and then I had to sell it to for to live in New York. Second month I lived in New York. And Naomi, what's your vibe? You like to you like the finer things in life, or what? I want to be a Natasha. Yes, I'm trying to have. I'm trying to have. I'm trying to thrive. And so that's like the tricky part is like, um, Andy doesn't over because because I guess like because I want to say like so we've been together 13 years, and I would say. For eight of them, like we've never really been employed at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that as we sort of once we moved in and this kind of conversation, like, OK, what do we want to have and how, what do we need to do to get it? It was like, I don't know, like, oh, I know exactly. I can. I also grew up with this kind of like don't sell out mentality. Uh-huh. So oh, as yes. long as I had enough money to live and also was making the art I wanted to make without interference. Then I was happy and fine, and I thought everything was good. And God, it that- sucks to go to one of those jobs to like go to Starbucks or work as a waiter or whatever. See, it is. Oh, not on that. I didn't even mind that. I'm just talking about like a creative job where someone's where like someone's telling me what no, to do. Not even that, because it would even be like a tech <laughs> job or an office job. This man sat in a job interview. 
for like an office job, right? And this is just to pay bills oh. to live. <laughs> and they go, where do you see yourself in five years? And he goes, well, I see myself writing for television. So I'm just trying to do whatever. I was like, bitch, you lie to them and say you want to here. live in this company. I'm going to be here. You're going to die in this company. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll be out of here in about a year probably. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> like funny. He didn't get, you know. And it would be that kind of thing because it's so true because he was like, well, as long as I have it, I'm like, whereas for me, I will do to have that financial worry off my back means a lot to me. So I will take a day job you took after, bad just to have it. After your first year at Broad City, you worked at a um yeah i was at a, a law firm no way yeah, what was a, it legal staffing i was a like a t- i was a temp at a temp agency oh so you you have you'll take a panic job yeah 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 yeah. i got you yes and yeah. i think and it's because you know it's certainly how i was raised i also have you know my mom was somebody you know a single mother she worked hard where she was like you know like i remember i was unemployed and i might have been like 25 26 it was somewhere you know just like a, a, a few months stretch and my mother just looked me in the face and she goes I did not sacrifice for this to be a life. Oh. So it was a wrap. It was no like, and she didn't understand too. And, you know, I was doing stand up, And of course, when does that, you know, right. become lucrative where she was like, you know, she'd be like, oh, how was your show? And I was like, oh, it's good. I was like, only like five people. And she'd be like, well, then why did you go? And why haven't you retired? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You have to but give this up. Naomi, didn't you know a little bit in the back of your head that she wasn't completely right? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I would say so I got laid off from my day job in 2013 and then so that was I like, still had a day job then so yes. I was the only I was the sole right. breadwinner and then I had and then I was doing my unemployment then I got broad city but that was only what three months four months I the and then I was just digging myself me. out of a coal <laughs> I swear to god I got Pete Holmes and then you got broad city the next year because you had nothing you remember well, you see, had this is the nothing. problem we go back and forth then back and Wait, forth hold on are you guys the same age no yeah. I'm a little older yeah. It, this feels to me like a line in the middle, and there's a millennial here and a Gen Xer here. <laughs> Why like, so? It just feels like no, dude, the pavement and the like. I'm com- I'm not just like down to live in poverty. It seems cool. No, and then, <laughs> and that's that, the thing. And I, that like has that that thing has no one's down with that anymore. No, that's a generational like mark. And then millennials are like, I'm about to hustle. Give me the hustle and money. And, and it's just interesting to see it in one couple. But that's the thing. I don't have a safety net. I don't come from money. No, like I'm if, not saying. If I, if I'm not you saying it's okay. born of privilege. I, believe right. me, I'm down with the culture, but I don't even believe in white privilege. But anyway, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, just kidding. No, but I, I'm not saying it's even born of privilege. I'm saying it, I do. It almost feels generational in a way. I was like, gonna say Andy looks like such a young because I was thinking that too. But you do seem young. Yeah, I, you're, I'm not saying youthful. you're old. I'm Plenty saying full moisturizer. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it, it's a it's a mentality from a certain like culture. Like yeah. now, it's cool to sell out. Yeah. Now it's now like it's selling out's the goal. For like, sure. Right. Yeah. Everyone right, right, right. on TikTok, they're trying to figure out how to sell out. That yes. didn't, that wasn't the thing twenty years no. ago. No. Yeah. And the idea of like for me, it would go back to my thing with raves. Raves were always about being underground, staying underground. One must be underground. N- no one wants to be underground anymore. Your your personal brand cannot thrive underground. <laughs> Absolutely. It's hashtag ad. <laughs> We're all trying to hashtag ad this life. We are life. trying to hashtag ad life. But, it's, but it, no, but I think it's also like, but we've talked about, because I think it was for me. So for instance, growing up without money, but being around rich people. Mm. In New uh, York. Was, oh my God. That's very aware. That's very New York. And that yeah. was the thing. I was just aware. I was like, oh, this is what you can have or what life can be or the moment, you know, because I went to fancy ass private school. Mm. So I was living in Harlem before Harlem was cute. Okay. So I have to remind people pre red rooster and then <laughs> but going to school on park. I have. And so I, w- so 
I did grow up just like very aware of money and knowing, for instance, okay, I have a scholarship, but it's not for everything. So, okay, what are you going to do to make like, so I did, I was like, and I, and my goal, it wasn't even about being rich. It was like, I think what did I, I used to be like, I just want to be able to put avocado on a sandwich without worrying about it. You know what I'm saying? Like just be able to have some extras without overthinking it. Were your friends at that school, did they have money? Yeah. So you were kind of growing up around kids like that. Oh, yeah. she's going to school with like the children of the masters of the universe, right? <laughs> Wait, they he are, man's children? Yes. Went to your man's. private school? They're not even from New York. All, all they know of the good she kids. Uh, they come in <laughs> from Grayskull yes. to Park That's Avenue? For the education. Wow. This is very elite. This is very elite. The kids of the Thundercats too. Right. Yeah. Wow. They're all there. Well, it's- Naomi, I have dreamed of going to Spence. And I still <laughs> feel like I would like to enroll. As Oh, this is a high school you want to go to? It's like where Gwyneth Paltrow yes, went. went. And it's like they take you to the art museums and they like show, you know, French films. Uh-huh. And everyone's very cultured. And I'm sure it's like horrifying. But anyway, <laughs> it was always my dream. And I was always trying to like find that. How did you know about that school, though? Because to me, I'm like, how do you? I had no co- idea. She's I class went obsessed to, and always I w- has been. I went to Exeter High School. And apparently Exeter is a very fancy okay. private school. Yeah, so, a boarding school. So, and I went to Exeter <laughs> Township High School, okay? <laughs> so when I told people where I went, I just said Exeter. And they got very like, oh, wow. Like, oh, I, actually, I have to pay Vassar. attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I have Exeter. to pay attention to this person now. They're not just like scum that I can step on. Interesting. I just don't, I don't really so think any of this. I had no idea. I didn't know about Andover until like we did something where we had to... It doesn't matter. What's Andover? Is that where you went to school? No, it's just like another it's one, of, another those, one, of, one of those prep schools. So like, but it's just funny because I'm like, if I hadn't gone to, if I hadn't grown up in New York and my mother wasn't so determined to send me someplace, I would have known. And it's so funny you say Spence because I, I looked at Spence and because I come from Catholic school, I didn't want to wear a uniform again. And I was like, wow, these kids get to mm. wear whatever they want at Dalton. But then little did I know that's its own nightmare. Because then it is who, who and Who's what are you wearing? Who's got the money to be right. able to wear it, right? I was like, God damn it, I should have gone to wear that. That's why we've done the perfect, we've done the kind of split the difference. So our kid is in a Waldorf school right now. Uh-huh. So you can wear whatever you want, but it has to be like made of hemp or earth. And so there's no... <laughs> no, but they don't allow buy, jewelry. You, yeah, they don't allow oh, jewelry. Okay. Like it's not a uniform situation, but you do have to dress like an elf. Like a little bit. <laughs> you have to dress like you're from Middle Earth. That's sort of an important thing. Oh, Wait, as a mother, I'm wondering, do you feel like your mother's will was pressed upon your... Are, are you, I mean, I know a that's a big question, but are you happy that she gave you such a, yeah, is your an mom amazing at opportunity? All, or is she cool? <laughs> no, we already know that she really respects her because, you know... No, yes, it is true. And there are definitely... Yes, I appreciate all of it. But I think I, it's also different, though, because you say as a mother, you are quite you are married to someone who helps you and who you like. And I think that's a totally different vibe. Right. I think mm. a lot what of you it, two have. That's cool. <laughs> no, no, you're right, though, because sometimes. Animals oh, then us. a single mom with a yes. single will. I need Moshe to like fill in the gaps. And I'm like, mm. thank God this guy's here because I'm just like not doing it. But like, we have different skills. I see what you're saying. It's not one uh, unified will that's pushing uh, yes. her destiny. It's well, like and a also, combo. You get a break and you get a break. And there's a little bit right. where I think, you know, when you I think what I did, there was no buffer between me and the truth and the struggle and the difficulty in a way that I think when there's a couple, mm-hmm. right, you, it's like mom and dad are going to go talk now. Mm-hmm. And then you like go behind a closed door and have a conversation. And then, you know, like, but the honestly, truth is your mom, at least your mom had a coherent philosophy, even if it was overbearing. Like my, I grew up with a single mom and my mom, it just always felt like 
all she was just vibrating with the ability to like keep moving like there was no philo- I mean there was only there was like four no, rules. your mom had a had a husband though and you had but a brother he had no he had no connection to no, what I'm I'm saying something else which is my upbringing there was no like this is where you will go it was just like we love you don't get a tattoo or join the military that was sort of <laughs> it like i love you don't join the military don't get a tattoo that was kind of everything fu- else was amorphous it was just there like there was just yes no guidance no mm. no guidance other than love there was a lot a lot of love but there was definitely not any i like that there's something but maybe I, that's why you're successful. Maybe I was going to say, you have a healthy self-esteem and you could survive Burning Man. <laughs> you honestly have skills. I have skills survival to, skills. Right? That's like you true. could be out in the world in a way. I mean, because like Andy and I would talk about this a lot because I was like, Andy's parents were like, son, you're a genius. You're perfect. Like they were very mm, supportive. That's of how Moshe's parents were. Uh, no. Tell it. Tell it. Tell it, sister. They are very. <laughs> yes. They had very high standards. And I think that is not bad, but also like if you didn't meet those high standards, like I could, I went to a public school and I'm pretty smart, so I could just get by. I did like my final semester, I did my calculus homework on the bus. I did my <laughs> Latin homework and calculus class. I did my German homework and Latin class. And then See, I. See, you could have been like been being pushed through like some system. If you yeah. had Naomi's mom, <laughs> yes. you would be running the atomic yeah. energy system in this country right now. Um, I, you want to hear my ultimate claim to fame with uh, bullshitting academia? <laughs> I wrote a book report on a passage to India uh, my freshman year of high school, and I have never to this day read the book. I haven't even perused the book. I read the intro and the back cover. No. And, and just and I got a B minus. But I thought that was well, pretty. I mean, I never read. Good. I don't know what that book is about. I, I mean, I know it's about traveling in India vaguely. <laughs> My parents would have lost it if I had done. If I got an A minus and they know I could have, and I didn't, and I was doing work like that on the bus, they oh. would have been really angry at me. Oh yeah, my yeah. I just you want to. My worst GPA was eighth grade. It was a zero point five seven. I had an F F F F minus and a D in I think PE and everything else. Was an F. Wait, where were you going? Like he was like you? doing um, uh, LSD. Uh, yeah, okay. I was just a drug. Well, I was drug gonna addict. ask you when you said raves. I was like, did that come with drugs? Actually, it's very interestingly no. Okay. I I when I was on drugs as a very young teen, I was like a, a like really uh, for the culture in that I thought I was in the culture. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. I believed myself to be a member of the culture, <laughs> and then I got sober and it, when I was very young, sixteen, and I was six months sober, and I left kind of that that life of like you know, white thuggery and <laughs> behind. And I was like, what do I kind of, what do I do now? I don't know what to do. And I literally had seen a 2020 episode about raves once. And there was this rave that had flyers all over Oakland, this big rave called Cyberfest. And I was like, I'm six months sober and I'm going to go. And uh-huh. I and I went by myself. I bet it like replaced the drug high for you. A hundred, hundred percent. But it also did this other thing, which I've talked about before, which is it had this really therapeutic uh, it, it was a huge part of my recovery in a weird way because I probably was like teetering on getting high the whole time I was there. But it, the thing about raves back then, especially, was it was this like weird infantilized, um, uh, enforced infantilization. You know, everybody's in like glowy outfits and and candy necklaces and pacifiers, and everybody's hugging and being very effeminate. And I was from this like extreme version of toxic masculinity that I had been raised in in Oakland, and so. Being around that was had this almost, you know, uh, 
restorative like all of a sudden I'm, I, I became this very effeminate like I was putting barrettes in my hair and dying I had little Bjork buns and <laughs> glitter and stuff so I went through this like really big transformation to eventually kind of come back to like the regular person that I am now so it was it was a it's a part of my my journey and that's maybe why I'm still I go to Burning Man because I still have these like little You're tiny sentimental. glimpses I am sentimental I'm a very sentimental person yeah well how long have you guys been together um this time has been a, it's been a month <laughs> But oh, I don't know how long. Ten years? We don't really count. I think ten years. I think. 10, oh, okay. Wow. We just had our seven-year wedding anniversary. Okay. We did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, no, I thought it was five years. No, I don't think so. Oh. Natasha, where have you been? Checked uh, out mentally, disassociating like she does at Burning Man. <laughs> I am her Burning Man. Wait, why don't you like to count? Why don't you like to keep uh, numbers together? Um, <laughs> it seems together, unimportant. Like, it is a little bit unimportant, I guess. Yeah. I guess there's other things. I don't know. I just, I, I also feel, I can. I always like to round off, round up. That's where you rounded down. Round down. I didn't, any of it. I don't you know. You just like to round. <laughs> See, just, both of you like amorphous things. You like this kind of just like being, mm. just existing. There are things, we have a Venn diagram where we're really solidly together on. And then there are parts of each of our personalities that are very disparate. And I think that's good in a way. Like, it doesn't help with our Netflix selection. But <laughs> we also have these really different kind of like parts of our lives that don't really come together. Yeah. Like I started DJing again recently and Natasha's really, really not into it. So <laughs> things like that. I don't like techno. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Yeah. It's good though. And it's better now it's, than it used to be. It's real but good. But I can see it's a it's a polarizing music. It is in You fact. either like it or you don't. There's it's no the, like it's kind of the pa- it's kind of the pavement <laughs> of <laughs> No, it's not <laughs> pavement's not polarizing. You think everybody loves pavement? You're literally it's with chill. a woman. I think more You're literally people. with the woman you've been with for thirteen years and she won't come see it. Burning Man was more possible to <laughs> <Hold> get <on. laughs> Techno is like the ska of that kind of music. <laughs> That's no, real. but there's ska in there is the ska of techno. I would say that's happy hardcore, <laughs> and that's the ska. Oh of my techno. god! Listen, so, honey, it's all bad. All right, should we? Hopefully, do- I'll grow this. We've got people waiting to you, talk. You to guys us. are oh a god, delight. I could do this for hours, but yes, we do have some calls. Hey, Tosh. Hey, Mosh. I had a bad day today. Oh, I saw. Yeah, the dogs peed on my most prized possession. Your mattress. My Helix mattress. My and they peed on my rugs, my prized possession. Well, I don't know about rugs, but what I know about is the Helix mattress. I used to not sleep on a Helix and my back was all jacked. And now, you know, I just got back from Burning Man and I was fantasizing on my drive home about getting on my firm, Aww. cool, cooling pad, twilight Helix mattress. And it, it's made my back go problems go away and I look forward to jumping in bed at night because it feels so good. That is really cute. And then these freaking dogs peed on it. But I'm anyway. There was, if, I got home and there was baking soda all over the bed. If you want a mattress that you will look forward to coming home to, not because you get to crawl in bed and uh, uh, make your problems go away, but because you get to jump in bed and feel your body relax Get yourself a Helix mattress. I cannot recommend it enough. The Helix lineup includes 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models, a mattress for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress just for kids. We're a Helix family, and we want you to join, okay? I took the Helix sleep quiz, and like I said, I got the Twilight model mattress, uh, but Natasha sleeps really hot, so we got the cooling pad on top, and it's just so cool. It feels a little bit like icy, but in like a really comfortable way. It's so awesome. 
Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night risk-free trial. Try out your new Helix mattress, see how your body adjusts, and if you decide it's not the best fit, you're welcome to return for a full refund. It's so dope, too. It comes to your house. It's this box. You open it up, and then you just pierce the plastic, and all of a sudden, you've got a new mattress. Honestly, I want more. It's going to change your life. I do want another one. Okay, Helix is now offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash honeymoon. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. Do you like um a, one of those t-shirt sheets? Ugh. You're, no, I'm sorry. I don't like those. How about full full polyester? No. Mm. Oh, you're kidding. Okay. What about a high thread count, super high quality, ding, cut ding, out ding, the middleman, not ding, as expensive ding, as buying ding, from retail, but as high quality as a hotel sheet that you luxuriate on? Uh, yes, that sounds like what I would like. Well, that sounds like Brooklinen. Brooklinen is home of the internet's favorite sheets, was created to give customers luxury hotel level home essentials. They offer everything from snuggly sheets to cozy towels and robes, loungewear, accessories, and much more. The crisp white sheets, I love them so much. I have had them on my bed for almost two years now. They're amazing. And they're like exactly what I want. Yeah, I mean, it's not all about thread count, by the way. They've got all these different options and thread count is the least important one of their options. They've got this, it's all about what you want. They've got this crisp classic perkle with a thread count. I don't think that's how you pronounce it, honey. Perkle? Perklale? All of those are wrong. Parkley? Percale. Or they've got the silky, buttery smooth Lux Satin. Did I get that one right? Yes, honey, you did get that one right. Each sheet is made with ultra-durable cotton that will get softer and softer with each and every wash. So you feel like you're snuggling up in a breathable, supreme comfort every single night, no matter how you sleep. So refresh your rest today with Brooklinen's best-in-class bedding. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code ENDLESS to get $20 off plus free shipping on your purchase of $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code ENDLESS for $20 off plus free shipping on your purchase today. Get out of your college sheets and get your adult on. (laughs) Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. Have you ever noticed that your titties look really perky and perfect? Uh, Yeah, I have actually. Well, I have as well. And it's because you're wearing a third love bra. What if you could finally have a bra that makes your boobs look and feel amazing and is actually super comfortable to wear all day? Well, they've got this third love 24-7 classic t-shirt bra that will make your boobs look great. Yours, because I no, look No, that's them. the one I wear because I'm not a bra person. And when I put this on, you know, if I'm going to like a religious thing or, you know, something where I need to have a bra on, <laughs> sure. you know, like an interview or a job interview. Where I don't want my like, you know, nipples popping out. You just got, you just started up as one of the Best Buy Genius people, right? The, the, the Geek Squad, the Geek Squad. <laughs> anyway, listen, if you want a bra that's comfortable, that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, and that also helps women in need, well, that's Third Love. Not only do they make the best bras in the business, but they also are the largest donor of undergarments in the U.S. Partnering with organizations across the United States, Third Love has donated over $40 million worth of bras to help 
people in need. Also, these bras come in over 60 sizes and half cups. You can get the perfect fit, and I think that's one of the reasons why they fit so well. That's why it's really important to take the quiz first. Yeah, it's called the fitting room quiz. I tried taking it, and I got an error message that said, please log off, you pervert. So ditch your bad bras, get a better one today that makes you look and feel great. Upgrade your bra and get 20% off your first order today at thirdlove.com slash honeymoon. That's 20% off your first order today at thirdlove.com slash honeymoon. Okay, now we're going to call Nara and Moab. Moab. Now we're going to call Nara in Moab, Utah. Moab. That's the place. Have you been there? No, but it's beautiful. I have driven through Moab. It's beautiful. Rocks, yeah. beautiful rocks. Feels very burning, burning man. Very burning. Very burning. <laughs> yes. Is Moab Mormon country? I think not. I mean, oh, it's all Mormon country, but it's much more nature co- country, right? Are there people who like the desert more than the ocean? Yeah, for sure. We're talking to one of them right now. Are you calling from you an do? arch, oh. even as we speak? <laughs> yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> she does look like she lives in Moab. Yeah, Moab, right? Moab. Moab, yeah, you got it. Yeah, I'm the only person here that camps. Literally, I'm the only one. <laughs> is that a you biblical thing? Here. It is. It is a biblical. It is a biblical thing. Every town in Utah with a weird name is just named after some Israeli village from the Palestinian six thousand years ago uh, kind of thing. Mm. Yep. Okay. Wait, t- tell them we have guests. Oh, we have guests uh, joining us from couples therapy and from all kinds of funny stuff. Uh, Naomi Ekaparagan and Andy Beckerman, our guests. They're wise, they're funny, and they've been together longer than us, and they're better podcast hosts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So excited to meet you. Hello, everybody. Nice, nice to meet you, too. Do you climb arches and stuff like that? <sighs> Like I used to when I was trying to like meet boys and they have them up there. But, Climbing yeah. arches, that would be a great way to meet a man. Oh man, we've never recommended that. Everybody here is on apps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the original way to meet people here is definitely just like get in over your head with a terrifying <laughs> climb experience yeah. and like fall off a rope. And- oh, and have some boy come in and be like, I'll help you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh well, how can we help? Well, that's super related to my question, actually, because um, so I got married this summer. Woo! To Congratulations. Thank hold you. on. Hold yes. on, everyone. <laughs> oh. Yes. We may not be no. excited yet. Yeah. Let's, yeah no, it's a congratulations. Oh, he's oh, okay. that's he's trapped under a boulder right now in a cave. <laughs> in a... <laughs> he's totally fine. I think the issue that I'm having um, has to do with kind of with like, you know, the assessment of your life that you make when you're preparing to get married and you're like... All right, time to like contact all the friends and like take stock of how popular I am. <laughs> so my issue is that I realize I don't really have any male friends anymore. And my partner has like all these female friends and he's kind of like, it's weird that you only hang out with like your brother and your ex-boyfriends and those aren't real male friends. So I'm at this weird stage where I'm married and like trying to make male friends potentially wait nara why why, yeah, why? Just, like nara honey why do you want to be friends with a man <laughs> i know right me. like we you know let's really uh, as question, little as yeah. possible with the men i mean oh, if you're hetero like you gotta have one around but a bunch yeah i kind of thought that might be like the immediate response <laughs> well i don't i, I kind of understand where you're coming from i have a lot of female friends in my life and i really value having a platonic female energy in my life i think it's really important or are but, you trying to compete yeah. with him because he's has a bunch of women that's friends. a great question he has a harem so you want a cadre a little bit yeah it's a little bit of both i will also say he was my male friend and i feel like i really like lost him to 
Yeah, you, you shit the bed on that one for sure. Yeah, yeah, he was like my only male friend, and like that just goes to show, like you maybe can't have male friends because then you end up accidentally sleeping with them and then eventually marrying them. So like, I'm not sure. Wait, I, I, it is worth it. you have a question, Naomi? Or no, you just, just loving everything about it. I just this? love everything about it because I love it's like because Nara, you know. Nara's like, look, I have a sexual energy. And when these men come into my orbit, we be fucking. Yeah. And I can't help it. How do Is I get more? How do I get more male friends? Nara, honey. The part so of I this that, like dull it down a little maybe. The, the part of this, yeah, you're exuding an insane amount of sexual energy. The part of this that is interesting to me is that your husband is pressuring you to go make more male friends. Does he feel insecure about his uh, female? Fr- Why is he, does he care about the gender breakdown of your friendship circle? That's a good question. I think it's probably a little, he's like, he's the ultimate go-to male friend. And I think that's like very obvious. Mm. Um, again, with our wedding, especially, I was like, okay, your, your best man is a woman. <laughs> like mm. you have like mm. a lot of close female friends you talk to constantly. And I don't, how I many actually, down like, the row were women of the, all the best men? Oh, uh, just just the one. Was oh, okay. It's small. Yeah, it's Moab. Are there small. any any? Oh, <laughs> one, you... There was one boulder that just was, I guess, <laughs> the, the maid oh, of honor. That was our Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are are you jealous of any of the girls? No, a- I don't actually feel that way. And I think again, it's because I I think I came in as a friend, you know, so mm. like I saw that side. But I think for me, I used to. I have an older brother, so I'm like, you know, my early socialization was very like. I'm one of the boys. Like, let me in. I want to hang out with you guys and do like boy stuff. And but he let you. Yeah. Well, it was with a price. Like, I had to, you know, endure quite a bit of like physical, like, um, tormenting. Uh He sounds great. This sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I wonder why she's sort of reluctant to go back there socially. Why don't we? my male, uh, my 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 primary male relationship was with my brother, who ritually tortured me our entire childhood. So I think you should ask yourself, how do I make more friends? If yeah. you want more yeah. friends, like how I- many non-binary friends do you each have? It's Moab. Um, There's one person in town. <laughs> well, yeah, Moab. Uh, you know, I think you should each have the exact though. same number. Of non-binary, genderqueer friends, male and female friends. And that's how you know the relationship is solid. Rock solid. solid. Also, I have some really bad news for you, which is, you know, all of my old, all of my male friends, some of them are Mm ex-boyfriends, but a lot of them are men who I've had in my life for a long time who maybe thought we would date at some point and then we didn't and whatever. But I guess my my point is... No one wants to be your friend. <laughs> no male, no like you know, m- like man your age. Like I, I don't know. I just feel like oh, they're all gonna think they're gonna get confused because they're new friends, and they're gonna yeah. be like, "Why do I want to be friends with this like hot woman that I could like have?" What a what a what a I know I what sound, an analysis of men. Well, she this even is. said she even said you accidentally marry them. But I'm it, with you though because mm-hmm. I'll say this: I don't have straight male friends really and the ones i do have are in relation are married like i'm like, like a long time but that's ago right no, no i like, threatened really? them all oh yeah 
<laughs> I'm sure they yeah. run screaming, Andy. I mean, men just want to <laughs> hook up. I mean, that's just so not. That is so reductive and not true. It's just not true. Well, it's kind of true. It's kind of true. No, it's a little like, true. I do think that it can be really tricky, and it's certainly not a blank blank statement. But like, I also find too. I'm like. Especially, um, I noticed just because a lot of my stand up is about you know us or being in a relationship. Men don't engage with me. Like I don't meet people out because they know. And even though it's not like it has nothing to do with knowing about me, it's that your stand up. You're like screaming about like cookies and cream flavors for like and 10 being minutes. sex no, negative. People, people <laughs> know off. that she has yeah. a partner, and you know it's. When like, does that stop the dirty dogs though? Because no, I think you flirt. Because I I agree though. It's like you. I think um, heterosexual friendships will start with like a flirtation that then doesn't happen. That then fizzles and, into yes, a friendship. And then fizzles into a friendship. But without that initial flirtation, because I mean, think about it. How many how many female friends do you have who are single and straight? Oh, and straight? Yeah, no, really. Uh, nope. Single and straight? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have, I, am I alone? I have a lot. And not all of them are peop- women that I used to almost date or that almost dated That's me. That's true. You do, but you, I, yeah, I don't know what that is about you. I, it's that how I. Do you, it's, how do you make those friends? You probably well, tried to you, fuck a bunch of them, though. No, n- yeah. don't lie. No, I'm going to try to fuck a bunch of them. <laughs> no, They're in you the back know, pocket. I bet you. I bet you most of your female friends you tried to fuck at one time. I swear to God, if you think about it, I bet you. Even when you were 18, because you have a lot of these girls who you've been friends with for like 20 years. I, I hear what you're saying. A lot. <laughs> a lot of relationships were once almost romantic and then fizzled but i'm i'm more on this like the the one thing that you can't rush is making old friends you can't you know that's <laughs> mm-hmm. that there's no especially way especially friends that you'd rather go hang out with than be with your newlywed i mean or, how many people or your or your girlfriends that you already have a relationship yeah. with what about gay men mm. how about that Again, rural utah so like so cool no, you're saying there are not a lot of options there but I also feel like isn't rural Utah just you know teeming with men like do you go back to climbing do you do something masculine quote unquote you know what I mean where you can like hang out with people because it's true what, what Natasha was saying is like you're just talking about making new friends and so it mm-hmm. sounds like it's like go back to the stuff you like to do mm-hmm. and if you're saying you grew up as like a rough and tumble and I'm sure what are you else yeah, doing what's in Utah in, you're like out there honey you're, you're what hiking about like a, a build a militia yeah, that's build a, a militia. To be honest, the militia is almost exclusively a male genre. Yeah, over exactly. It. Yeah. So they're not gonna. You're not gonna get a lot of women coming to that if you start the militia. Um, but but I'm more curious. Do you have a lot of girlfriends? Yeah, yeah. Are you satisfied with your social life? I feel like I'm. I'm starting to sense that something's missing. I think the issue is that I have identified that I like hate most of my female friends partners partners sorry i love my friends <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but their partners kind of suck so I, I tend to kind of initiate these very like okay girls night right like, right girls only and it's really just so like their partners won't come but i think i maybe i'm giving off this vibe of being very like you know female centric in my in my socializing and then like obviously yeah married so i'm not really like attracting the like Benign. I have to be honest. Oh, Naomi. Now, I just need to know why do you want a man friend right now? I'm not seeing like, that either. What is he? I'm like, what is it? Because it sounds like maybe it's just because like your husband said something and now you're feeling a little like self conscious. Right. Yeah, like yeah. because because also I'm also, I'm also going to disagree with him when he says your brother and exes don't count as real friends. Plenty of people have siblings they don't fucking talk to. So right. if you and your brother are hanging. Your friends. Okay? Yeah, that's yeah. a Good great point. point. I'm with that for sure. And yeah, and I I if you're satisfied. 
you're not satisfied with your social life, I to, that becomes Natasha's question. You just want to make f- new, some new friends. It, this whole dynamic of like, I should have more male friends, I just... I've never heard that before. I've never heard that there ought to be a, an exact balance in, in gender. In fact, if anything, if I was around and there was a, a married woman that was like, hey, I'm looking for some new male friends, I would be like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, <laughs> yeah, I would be absolutely. like, there's something up, and I don't know what it is exactly, but it's definitely odd. She like, kind of misses being his friend, maybe. Is that what it is? Well, I should also say we, um, as of last week, are now long-distance married. Okay, yeah. okay, right. Nora, this you're is taking, the real question. You're taking your time, Nora. I girl. see. Here we are. <laughs> the, the, okay, the question is adjusting my mind to how do I begin an affair? I mean, yeah, the affair is like potentially the best way <laughs> Wait, to Wait, are, are you, are you, is this, is, hold Nora, on. Are you this, open? You're on video, you're on video. <laughs> are you open now? He knows, he knows. I told him he should probably get on Tinder to try to make Don't you tell him that. He already got too many damn female friends. Don't you tell his ass <laughs> to go I know. on Tinder. He's like, why would I need Tinder? I have 700 <laughs> women directly surrounding me at any given point. Where is he? Where are you? And are you guys in an open relationship? Okay, we're not in an open relationship. He's in the Bay Area. Okay, um, that's what's up. Teaming with, you know, attractive people. Sure. Teaming. Um, I'm here. I think I'm just worried if I like don't talk to or like interact with another male. Period. Uh-huh. Like, you want to feel happen? cute. You want to feel yeah. cute. You, yeah. I think you miss a little bit because you're not getting that like yeah. love. You're not getting that. Oh, you need somebody to be like, hey, girl, hey. Go on fortune. Yeah. Go on fortune. <laughs> yeah. I mean, loyal, loyal guys, right? Like they're definitely <laughs> loyal to their militias, actually. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm. Uh, and what I'm. What's he doing in the Bay Area, and how long is that going to go on for? He is, uh, he has a postdoc, so he's, um, Uh-oh. yeah, it's like sciencey stuff that I don't necessarily understand. Two-year commitment, a little mm-hmm. bit of back and forth. My life is like pretty established here. I'm a homeowner and I have a good career and it also costs like a bajillion dollars to rent anything right. in that area. And this is, again, rural Utah, so... That's kind of our. It's very hard right to have a long distance marriage. Yeah. What happens after the postdoc? I mean, I hope just like uh, he solves climate change, I guess. And then we're <laughs> but like, would he go. come back home? But or from Moab? Yeah, that's the question. No, not from Moab. You can't do anything. I think you need to here. move with him. Yeah. Yeah. Can you I move? Well, can I just say here what I'm hearing now at this point? This started off as a question about how do I make more male friends? And I actually, I think the more into this conversation we get, what I'm hearing actually is that that's not the question you have. The question you have, tell me if I'm wrong here, is I'm feeling insecure because my husband is gone, is far away and I'm by myself and how do I make my, what do I do about my relationship? Right, and he has all these female mm-hmm. friends. Yes, exactly. And he has gal pals. He's confident and he's getting a postdoc and he's off doing his thing and what do I do to like feel secure again and to feel like I'm intimate with this person and blah, 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 blah. I don't think the answer here, unless it is an affair that you're after, is finding male friends. I think the answer here is uh, finding a, a balance in your relationship where you're feeling more confident. Am I alone in that? No, yeah. you're, yeah, and I think also, that's accurate. I, I agree with all that. And I also think it's a little rude for a man to be like, you need more male friends. Like I would be slightly yeah. offended. Because be I was like, oh, you're not ever jealous of, of anything. Thing and like yeah i don't know it's slightly rude yeah yeah 
Because it I gives mean, you the vibe that he's, you want a guy to like, you want him to think he's a little jealous or yeah. if you do, are you know, are going to hang out with this guy, like maybe he would wonder or whatever, you, find you yeah, desirable. That, that kind of isn't the thing you want your husband's parting words as he moves to the barrier for two years. You're like, by the way, as, I'm, as I go, maybe you should make some more male friends. Ta-ta. Like, you want the opposite. I miss you. Does he tell you things like that? Like, he wants you and desires you and misses you? And- Here's the thing. Like, I'm 100%. Like, he's the most validating person I've ever met. Like, good, I actually good. don't feel that I have, like, insecurity in that good. sense. I think good, it's more it's almost just like the sense of, like, okay, like, all my friends are these very, like, validating, encouraging, like, females and, like, they're always like how are you doing like what are your feelings and like maybe if anything i just crave a little bit of like the sort of like masculine friendship of like I don't you know, want male attention. We, Stop calling it friendship. Yeah, you want attention. a boy. You're so right, You Mary. want a man to be like, hey, you want somebody to touch the small of your back in a bar, okay? Right. That's what you I want. Hate right? it. Well, exactly, because you buy you by yourself, and he's an SF, and you're in Moab. Move to SF. No, 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 honey. She got some property. You're going to have to at some point. There's no way you're done with a postdoc and you're like, back to Moab. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, why don't you Airbnb that cute little place you have? That's a very good. Mm. And tell him, I would like to come stay with you for three months. How do you feel about that? And if he's like, um, uh. (laughs) Maybe you should make some more male friends. Then, you know. Then it doesn't take a scientist to figure out what's going on. But I think Naomi's totally right. I think everybody here is right. I think yeah? if you, well, yeah. If, if, not if, you, Dara. You ain't right. <laughs> I'm not right. I know. That's why I'm here. I'm not right. That you, that you need to, uh, that you want attention. And I don't think that just going out to like a Moab bar and flirting with guys is gonna one, fi- one Moab bar is gonna fill you bar. is gonna fill you with what you want. I don't think that that's really. I don't think that's gonna fill this situation. And maybe yeah, I like this Airbnb idea. Moab. It could, it? It, it could be for like, th- it doesn't have to be for the whole time he's there, but mm. like, especially as newlyweds, you want to start building your life together. Like I, that does not seem like a good, well, I don't want to judge it, but it, it just feels like all that. Right. If you distance, can be right, you should be. Right. It yeah. feels like you're taking a sledgehammer to the foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you do for work? Uh, I'm a grant writer for a hospital. So you could do, could, oh, could you do that remotely? For sure. Like theoretically. Yeah. I, we think you should. Uh, by the way, he has housing, right? So he has a room and a house. Uh, mm, well, maybe you have to. House. You might have to c- come up with another solution. You know, like you guys might have to look for uh, an apartment. No, but, yeah. but those prices are no joke. I mean, no, I understand. No I understand what you're saying, especially on a on a postdoc, whatever little stipend that's going to be. Right. It's like just an yeah. extra bird seed, and so. It's no. just sort of like, but I do, you know, I agree with what Natasha's saying. It's like, you got to, you're, you're missing your man. You're bored in Moab. You're calling into the pod. You know what I'm saying? Like just you, to connect with some men. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it is. So it's like, yeah, go out there. And if there is a way to, you know, Airbnb, Airbnb or just like a little something. So at least you don't. Well, use to. the money from the Airbnb. Get to enough to pay for your mortgage and a nice place. Well, that's in- tricky. Yeah. That's Easy. The room's more than the mortgage, so like. Oh my god! No yeah, Moab, Moab, Moab. What a, what a, a tangled web we weave. I just think for me 
two years of this is probably untenable. And I don't think the solution is finding a male friend. I don't think you shouldn't find a male friend. If a male friend was in your life, I would say, that sounds great. You've got a male friend. Going out on the town in Moab looking for like a spelunker for you to like (laughs) fill the void of male attention. No, you need to talk to You know what that ends up with? That ends up with doggy style on top of that arch. You know, (laughs) and then being like, whoops-a-doo. And I do think you need to talk to him about where do you see your relationship? And you're right, Andy. Like what? In two years, he's gonna come back. (laughs) Unless he's in love with the place, but like, where does he see himself? Because if he doesn't see himself there, really, then you should sell your place or have you? Don't you want to build a life? Isn't that the point of getting married that you're gonna like build a life together? But you're they're they're delaying the question. There's no way he's coming back to Moab because once you're done, this is why I didn't like academia because I knew that like I would get my PhD and then they Mm -hmm. would I would be in Peoria. I didn't. I want to be in New York. That's mm-hmm. where I wanted to be. Right. I, you have to go where the job is. I knew, right. the, I knew there, the were no, there was no way I was going to be, no offense to anyone in Peoria, but I didn't want to be no. in a small <laughs> town in the Midwest. That's what happens. Yeah. yeah. You just get wherever you get a job, you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's what totally what it is. And he's at like UC Berkeley and it's like a. What do the wives cool do? Experience. Just go with, or the husband, the partners. Hopefully, hopefully they find a job there. Like if you're both academics, maybe you get like adjunct teaching. When, where the other person gets a position. Well, he's in the sciences, so he could actually get hired by an actual company and not whatever obscure. What were you doing? Philosophy? <laughs> is that right? Yep. Yeah, that's not yeah. it. It's a little <laughs> different. But, I, mean, there is a- I would sit my my partner down and be like, these are 10 cities I could live in. Yeah. This is, you sure. know, like you, you want to like have a working thing together. Yeah. Like, you know, like this is where I could be. Is this possible? What's our goal? Like there should be some sort of collective goal. What is I that think. conversation like? When you guys say, like, where's this going? Because you're married. Yeah. You're not boyfriend and girlfriend. You're married. We're married big time. Um, <laughs> I think, like you were saying, it's like academia is just this very, you got to, like, take that opportunity. And this just happened, like, extremely fast. And I was in the position where I was like, I'm not ready to leave. I have a pretty good gig. I'm making more than you. Again, the mortgage is less than one room in a shared house in that area. So, we're kind of in a holding pattern right now, for sure. But I think I think, I think that's I think okay we've all co- too. The holding pattern it happens, yeah. you know. But yeah. But I think we've all come. Everyone on this podcast here who has the privilege of not being in your relationship <laughs> is hearing <laughs> is, is hearing that you need to not ma- find a new male friend, but go find a way to have a relationship with your husband that is workable. <laughs> Like yeah. and just take it, his male friends exactly. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But really, you all need to have a conversation, and you need to know. Okay, how like when am I seeing you next? How long is it going to be? You know, let's start to talk about because as you said, this this opportunity just happened so fast. The next one might happen fast. You need a system in place so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you just out here floundering with your little wine and your caftan. Okay. It's actually it's a really dark beer. I love I love a wine caftan. I love I love a I love a caftan moment. I'm trying to right now look. This is not like you live in to your point, Peoria. You live in Moab. This is a yeah. this is a destination city. Airbnb, this that's is, what I'm saying. This is not a stupid idea to Airbnb your place for a year, go work remotely and get a get an apartment in Berkeley and find a way to uh you know subsidize your mortgage and pay for the other half of the studio apartment that you and your husband live in. That's not the craziest set of circumstances that two newlyweds have ever lived in before. Sure. If you lived in Peoria, I would say you're fucked. You live in Moab. That's like people want to be there. So yeah. I Everybody think that's is. a I think that's a a, yeah. a a hot idea. Then you could live. Have you ever lived in Berkeley? 
Berkeley's uh, yeah, one summer. It's the I best. Twenty one. Gordo's burritos is the best burrito <laughs> I've ever had. I mean, this is not. It's not. Well, it's you're a, acting like Berkeley's cheap. I mean, it's, it's not cheap. I'm it's saying, but it's it's like it's probably worth the cost of not just pining at home like you're a military wife while your husband's deployed when he only lives like seven hours away from you. <laughs> like, get in your car, drive to Berkeley, and go hang out with your man. You Fourteen male... hours. Still, right? Still, just. But I hear you. Yeah. A lot more higher density, way more like you know people in general. Yes. Like, there's a lot of men in the Berkeley area. <laughs> a lot of men. <laughs> trying to keep my options open. But I do think having these hard, hard conversations, they always pay off. At least when I've tried, you know, whenever mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, for I don't. Sure. I'd rather just like have this just not be talked about, you know. And then when I do that. I feel like not fa- it's not fair. And then when I finally say it, everything's always better. So I, I just think like establishing that kind of communication, like where do you see yourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Where would he, I have a feeling you would turn a profit on this Airbnb, just to get back to the, 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 the uh, back to the Judaism of it all. I think you could tur- easily turn a profit. What would your husband say if you were like, hey, you know what, I've been thinking, I called this podcast, I was drinking a dark beer, and uh, I think I'm going to move to Berkeley to be with you. Would he be like, yes. Yeah, he'd be thrilled. Like I was, okay. I was absolutely the person being like, "I'm gonna stay. I'm uh-huh. gonna stay here." Uh, oh, uh, yeah. N- Nara, is it? Yes, thank you, Nara. The answer is very obvious. You need to. Go, you, you're looking for a male friend. Uh, he lives in Berkeley. And the he's original your, male and he's, friend. And he's your best yeah. friend. Yeah, and he's obsessed with you. <laughs> he's obsessed. He's absolutely obsessed with you. Here's he, the thing, too. He is. He really like, is. So yeah. much about marriage is like your memories and memories you're making together. And like, how do you do that? Is your memories on Zoom? And is your really? life on, what is it? On right. text? I don't know. I mean, it's I, a, lot, a lot of text. Go yeah. have it. How long you lived in Moab? Nine years. So you feel like you maybe gotten the Moab experience? <laughs> I was going for a decade, but I feel like I'm, I'm rounding up here. I'm like pretty yeah. close. Nara, Definitely. we are four strangers, but we are wise. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we all, as a unit, think it's very obvious. Yes. You just need yeah. to go be with your husband yeah. and see what's there. Okay. The like answer is simple. obviously not finding a male friend in Moab. <laughs> I didn't think that was my like problem, but now that I'm hearing you talk about it, like maybe that is the problem, and yeah. maybe some <laughs> listeners will want to rent out a beautiful three bedroom furnished basement. Wow. Oh my yes. God, Nara, you're going to make so much. You're, you're going to make money. Not only are you going to make let, pour water on the flowering bud that is your marriage, you're going to make money. You're going to be profiting. This is going to be amazing. I'm excited for your financial future. <laughs> Like so Moshe much. wants to like start an Airbnb management company at <laughs> for <this>. Nara, <laughs> for me specifically, yeah, just me. Um, it does have to be long term rental. That's a condition of this no, absolutely neighborhood. Absolutely, but. no. You want that? You don't want to be having people cycling it out. Oh, you're saying no, we don't do they have nightly. rules? Oh, you have an yeah. Airbnb rule. Yeah, there's so much um, second home ownership here and so much nightly rental stuff that's like completely destroyed the community. So got it. Well, yeah. What so we want people committing for a year. Com- oh, wow. I, oh, okay. That's Wait. Okay. That's Sorry. Excessive. I don't think this Airbnb thing's going to work. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. We're going to Okay. Bye. Good luck. Look into the local municipal rules of Airbnb in your community. <laughs> yeah. Run for city council. <laughs> Maybe change the kind of vibes there. Yeah. Okay. Right. Good luck, honey. Good luck. Thank you so much. I'm glad I have two new male friends. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. Get you away. Don't. Back away from <laughs> our <laughs> men. I don't let him work. have female friends. <laughs> I don't let him have female friends. <laughs> None of us are allowed female friends. That's why we're so surprised your man is like, make a male friend because Natasha and Naomi do not allow us to talk to women when they're not around. Well, he's very secure. 
Well, well, well. All right. Good luck. Good honey. luck. Thank you. Love you guys. Love Take you care. too. I mean, how cool is she? Also, so cool. it was so easy breezy. Like she has nothing else to do. Her I job know. is like remote. <laughs> like she's, you know, go with your newlywed. It, it's just so fun. It, that was just so funny to me. Um, and it is almost to me a prime example of why people go to therapy. Cause it's like, she came yeah. in with one question. And it was like, Oh sis, that ain't it. That's not <laughs> it. The moment she was like, Oh wait, 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 wait. he where? You will? Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. Oh. We just did six months of therapy in like 10 minutes. <laughs> no, it happened. I feel like that happens. <laughs> oh, really? There are two very, very common phenomenon that we experience on this podcast when people call in. One is they're calling with one question and it's the wrong question. And the other is they're calling in with a question and they, and the way they ask the question, they, they are answering it and they yeah. already knew the answer before they called in. They just needed it reflected back to them. But that was. Yes, that was, you are asking the wrong question. <laughs> it's so funny to me to be in Moab, which is a beautiful place, but it is fucking tiny. Uh, Nine years and just be like, how do I, I got this husband in one of the great <laughs> metropolitan areas of the United States. Uh, he's engaged, he's at UC Berkeley, so he's really in an upwardly mobile position. I love him the most. And I just, how can I get more out of the Moab experience? No. <laughs> my job can be remote. My, my job's remote. I think the answer is more Moab. No, no, move. I could not live in a place that had one bar. I know. I mean, Moab is a gorgeous place to spend a week or two. And I'm sure it's a great place sure. to live too if you if you like a small town. But at nine at the nine year mark with a husband in the Bay Area, it just feels like and property. Go. go west, young man. <laughs> but I mean, she uh, she has property that she can either sell or rent Sublet out, sublet like, or whatever. whatever. Well, I was gonna say too, if this place is that popular. I'm like, she could sell it for a pretty penny as well. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're kind of done with Moab and you sell that and then you use that as your savings for, okay, we're going to do three, four years in the Bay. Yeah. You know, or something like that. You know, you use that as your cushion. I don't know how much. I mean, well, now I we're know. just we're just learning about real estate. Well, I know. And Moab. Like, <laughs> <laughs> truly, we're just learning but about let's Moab. Say, let's say it's half a mil. Let's just say. I'm sure it is. That sounds right. And that half even feels low, but like, because it's Utah, right? Sure. But okay, I don't know what happens because I don't know. It's like know. six months of rent in San Francisco. Hold on, let's look it up. <laughs> let's San look Francisco up. is obnoxious. Yeah, it's like when no you go is. to a hotel and it's like $19 for a glass of wine. <laughs> like whenever they up, like sell things, you just always feel like you're just getting Well, it's like, but rolled. it's like my favorite band Pavement said. No one <laughs> said it would. It was easy. No one ever said it would be so hard from, from Pavement. You remember is that, that really a lyric? No, I think that's is that like Radiohead or Coldplay. Okay, or I, thought it was, I thought it was the Friends theme song. <laughs> I was like, no one told you life was going to be this way. Okay. Okay, hold on. Let's look up the average before we let you go. And I know you guys probably are toxically wanting to leave our, uh, <laughs> but let's see what is the average, the average home price in Moab, in Moab Utah. Let's see here. Moab, no it's results. Gotta be like Zillow.com says Moab. No results. Why? What? Why no results? That doesn't make sense. That's crazy. All right, Moshe. Well, we, maybe. Well, we'll figure that right, out. We'll figure you guys post that. that. Post that to stories. Could you or stay something? for two more hours while we just do some googling? <laughs> just some light googling. You guys are so funny. Hold on. Our podcast producer is raising her hand. Yes. Oh, okay. We've got the answer. The median home price in Moab seven hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars. So it's okay. on the high side. Now let me say that it the average home price in Berkeley. About 1.1 million. So I don't feel like this is an unrealistic move for this person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you, you can use it as a down payment. Well, exactly. You take that and if, if you put it in, then you have to pay those taxes on it. I've been reading. Yep. And so you take that, you sell that property, you put that right into the next one. Yep. 
and then there you go. My friend Michael Brayard at Caldecott Properties in Oakland can help you get the <laughs> Bay Area home of your dreams today. Just go ahead and give him a call. When when people start talking about that, I my I, I can't follow. I like can't understand equity or yeah. all I want is I'm to own you. property. That's like literally all I want. I, and I don't think it'll ever happen now. It will oh, happen. Stop. You're because, so successful. But because the only places I live are just so expensive. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Cause like, I would say like, yes, I think I'm doing all right. And yet it still is like, you know, the price of the houses keep going up. So well, everything's inflated right now. Yeah. Cause if you buy it now, is it not anyway? It's like all like all I'm obsessed. I'm like, like sometimes, you know, I just like curl up. I like to sit in the shower and I just sit and I just have my phone and then I just scroll through a little red feed, little pillow, little truly ad. I just look at it. Wait, your phone doesn't get wet? No, it's all about the angle of the shower. <laughs> <laughs> when you're sitting, you're not like that fully. Is so yeah. cute. I can hear your I mom. I did not sacrifice all of this for you to not own property with your burgeoning stand up comedy career. You're successful, but where is the property? You know um, what? You guys are I, so funny. I'm feel I'm so happy. If you yeah, thank over. you so this much. The for best. We've kept you, you up past your bedtime, and because no. we're childless though, so we're up all night. Um, and so, just thank you so much for thank having you. us. Yes, thank and, you. And and because you guys are such a delight on the podcast, I actually have I have a property for you. <laughs> this is what I've always hoped. Good news. You've always news. wanted a white person to give you property. There's really good news and really bad news. You can afford it. That's the good news. Okay. Okay. It's a really nice place. It's three bedrooms. The furnished oh. basement. Here's the bad news. <laughs> it is in Moab, Utah. Uh, I don't know that you're going to really thrive in your career there, but I do think for you'll be able to afford it. Do you think if we weren't going to be in Los Angeles, we would go to Moab? <laughs> I think Peoria, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's the number one. Couples therapy and check out all, all, both of our guests' amazing comedy uh, wherever you can. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. You're the best. Thanks. Any dates or anything to plug or anything you want to say before you go? Uh, I'll be at Largo October 21st if Ooh. anyone wants to come hang out. Lovely Largo. Have a little fun. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Couples therapy will be on your podcast whenever you'll have us. Excellent. Thank you.